What's up, people? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. I'm your host, Chris Roush. In this episode, I interview Rainette Chefu from Zimbabwe. She is a film, television, and media arts major here in the school, and she's also working on a journalism minor. We're going to talk about what brought her to Quinnipiac from Zimbabwe, and we're going to talk about her work here in the podcast studio. The show is produced by Tino Mayoni, who's also a student here in the School of Communications. Thanks for listening. Renette, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. So, obvious question to start off with, what brings somebody from Zimbabwe to Quinnipiac University in Hamden, Connecticut? Right. Um, a lot of people ask me that question, and I've managed to like sum up my answer now, <laughs> which is that Quinnipiac um, fit a lot of my requirements. That is a school on the East Coast and a really good film program. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, how did you first find out about Quinnipiac? I mean, you're halfway around the world. Yeah, just Google searches. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, um, actually, I think when I was doing my searches, uh, Quinnipiac reached out to me through, you know, like the student um, databases, yeah. through like um, SAT exams and stuff like that. And then that's when it first came on my radar. And then it also kept popping up when I was looking at film programs too. Now, unlike... I'm assuming, unlike a lot of students, you didn't visit the campus before you came? I did not. So what was it like um, showing up on campus for the first time after being admitted? Right. Um, it was... I mean, you had seen pictures. On, uh, yeah, online. I did see pictures. <laughs> I did see pictures. Honestly, it was... Uh, Quinnipiac, the campus itself, was better than the pictures I saw online. Really? Yeah, it was a lot bigger, <laughs> a lot greener, because um, I came, like, the end of summertime, uh, and but the Hamden area itself was less busy than I saw online. <laughs> okay. So it was quieter, but then it also like fit the environment. So I was really happy about that. You know, I think a lot of people think Hamden is a big town, but it's sixty thousand people. That's that's to me that's not a big town. Right. Um, I grew up in towns about that size. Um, that's not a big town. Yeah. It. <laughs> I, where I was coming from, too, because I went to school in the UK before this, and that was also a small town, so it didn't feel like a drastic change to me. So I I was at peace with it. Okay. Okay. Um, what were some of the biggest things you had to adjust to coming to school in the States? Well, the very first thing and the biggest thing at that time was the weather. It was really, really humid. I'm used to dry heat. Dry heat, I can handle any day. But it was so humid, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, I would take a shower in the morning. The minute I step outside, I want to take another shower. <laughs> so it was really difficult to come to terms with that aspect. I was always complaining about it. Um, I guess the other thing would just be the food. Okay. Yeah. Like, the, the things people consider meals here, like a sandwich or... A burger and fries or pizza. Those are things we would eat like once in a while back home. So just but not kinda, every day that like exactly. people eat pizza here three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just honestly trying to find food that works for me was another big adjustment for me. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a, a South African food question. Okay. Do you like bunny chow? It's spicy. But do you like it? 
no. <laughs> you don't like a good because, bunny chow? Because I don't like, uh, well, not that I don't like it. I just can't handle spicy food that much. So I, the one time I had it, it was nice, but just unbearable because it was so spicy. Okay. So for listeners who are not aware of what bunny chow is, I would describe it as a South African burrito. It's meat wrapped in bread. Yeah, it's. I would say more. It's meat stuffed into bread. It's okay. like you take an uncut. The one I the 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 ones I've had is you take a loaf of bread that is uncut and you just make a little hole in the middle and you just stuff it with meat and it, it's really good. But spicy. But spicy. <laughs> Are there any other foods that you miss? That Definitely. You, that you wish you could get. Definitely. I miss the maize from back home. I know people here call it corn. Yeah. Uh, here it's a bit sweet and yes. very watery, I feel like. But it's but back home it's dense and just, oh, it's so good. And I miss it. I miss it all the time. I'm never at home when, like, it's it's maize season. Um, and another thing I miss is sadzane mazondo, which is a dish made from ground maize meal or cornmeal. And then you have it with cow feet stew. So good. <laughs> um, so this is actually cow's feet that are like in the stew. Yes. For flavor? Or do you actually you eat, eat the cow's the feet? the cow's feet. Except for the bones, The bones have been taken out. You eat everything. Wow. And it's, it's such a good stew, too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of shocked you haven't found a restaurant in Connecticut that serves cow's feet stew. I've been looking. <laughs> if anyone knows, please let me know. <laughs> Anything else you miss, food or otherwise, besides your parents? Yeah, besides the people, <laughs> which is a given. Um, nothing I can think of right now. I would say definitely just food. Okay. It's number one for me. Okay. How did you get involved in the podcast studio? So I like I think the first few weeks that I was here like the first the beginning of classes is when I was looking f- on the student employment website and I saw a job posting that had literally been posted 2 minutes before and it was perfect because I had been working and I took a gap year so I'd been working in radio and so it felt like something close to what I've been doing and something that I'd be interested in doing so I applied immediately (laughs) immediately but I'd also seen the podcast studio when we're doing our tours um during orientation week that's when we met too and it was it just looked really cool and I wanted to be involved somehow and the job posting just was perfect timing and so what have you been doing I know you've been involved in in a show uh explain to the listeners the show yeah so I I'm a producer for two shows. The first one is Living Well While Living Online. It's hosted by Tammy Riley. Uh, She's the director of fitness and well-being here at Quinnipiac. And she basically talks to several different people from different backgrounds and life experiences. And they discuss just how to live well, how to be there for yourself and how to have a healthy life. And the second one is Fluid Truth. It's hosted by Professor Shirley and um that's about social justice and yeah those two have been the ones i've been producing from the start so from last fall and then last spring i also started 
um, as a content curator for the podcast studio as well, which we're basically um, creating a database for all the podcasts that have been uh, made and are being made at the podcast studio just so that the content is more accessible and you can sort through it and like get to the content you need and want like easier. Okay. Uh, the two podcasts that you produce, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you like one above the other? I wouldn't say so. Okay. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say so. I think they're they're different and they're both um, amazing in like their own respects, like their own regards. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and what do you like about producing? And instead of be like being the host, I've always been a behind the scenes kind of person. Okay. I just love being a part of the creation of something just the the production of it i don't there's no better word than the production of it okay. you know the the creation it's like your little baby and you help it grow and you mold and you shape it into something really beautiful that other people can enjoy and that's just been me like i did i was in theater and drama in high school and i would do the lighting and um like sound effects and I would never be on stage just the one that helps make it all happen in the background um, and so that's that's always appealing to me okay when you were back home working for the radio station is that what you were doing as well uh, I was actually a host <laughs> you were actually a host okay yes. <laughs> well I started as an intern um, so I would help just with like the sound um, engineering aspect of it and just again behind the scenes just watching and learning and then um i got my own show in the end and then i was a host slash dj and that was that was a little fun mix so i'm saying maybe a career switch here yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely i definitely want to be more involved in radio and explore that a bit more after i graduate okay yeah so uh correct me if i'm wrong i'm gonna i'm gonna make a statement and but you're gonna know better my experience of visiting radio stations in southern africa is that they are vital to a lot of communities in southern africa because it's really the only mass communication that a lot of villages and towns get is is that a fair assessment i think that's fair because not everywhere has a stable internet connection yeah but the radio is always there yeah. I, I think that's a fair that's a fair statement to make yeah yeah, yeah i visited a um a radio station in Cape Town that was broadcasting throughout Southern Africa. And, and um, I was just amazed at the reach that they had and, and the importance that they, that they had in some of these towns and villages. Yeah, radio is pretty big. I would say, especially in Zimbabwe, there's only a few stations out there. And there's like, you wouldn't, if someone talks about a host, you'll know who they're talking about because everyone listens to radio on the way to work, um, on the way to school. So it's something that a lot of people can relate to with like the same topic. Yeah. And I understand there's a lot of pirate radio stations. I wouldn't know about that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I've. I haven't come across one yet. I would say maybe internet radio is starting to take off a little bit, but um, I don't know about that. That's interesting, though. I'll look into it. So is that what you want to do post-graduation? Do you want to go back to Africa and work for a radio station, or what's what's like the, the Chefu career goal? Right. Um, I wouldn't say there's... Okay, so what I would want to do is 
work in radio, not necessarily in Africa. I want to travel the world a little bit more too. Um, and work in documentary production as well. So mix in my journalism and film and kind of marry all those things together. So I'm just exploring which career prospects will let me do all of that or, <laughs> yeah, a good amount of it. Okay. I see, I see you potentially combining your, your audio expertise into into documentary. That would be great, yeah. Um, I was actually talking to a documentary filmmaker last night who was talking about um, narrating his next film and, and who would be a good narrator for his next film. Right. And just the audio aspect of the film and how important that is. So it sounds like you, you have a good grasp on that and understand the importance of that. I'm exploring it, and it's definitely important for sure. Okay. So you mentioned you'd like to travel the world, and you, I know you went to the school in the U.K. Yeah. Do you have, like, a, an ideal location that you'd want to be in the world, or what's no. been your favorite places to travel to? Well, I've only been to a few. That is to say, like, okay. Zimbabwe, South Africa, Zambia, the U.K., and here. Okay. Definitely wanting to expand that list as soon as possible. <laughs> but um, a favorite, did you say a favorite place? Or, or a goal. A goal, right. Uh, Where do you want to go? I definitely know that I want to go to South Korea for a few years. Really? Why? Yes, because I'm obsessed with the film and television industry over there. Wow. Yes. Very much obsessed. The, the anime? <laughs> no. Or, or just, okay. <laughs> no, just the, the movies and the TV shows, um, K-dramas as they're popularly known as. Yeah. Love them. I love, it's such a unique way of filmmaking and storytelling that is so true to their culture too so just learning how they go about that what's important to them the values that they take in when they're producing all that amazing content so I'm, I would love to live there for a while wow how did you get exposed to South Korean film <laughs> well see when I was young back when DVDs were still a thing we would hoard DVDs of that. Those were pirated, just to say. <laughs> DVDs of K-dramas and shows with the subtitles, like no voiceovers, just the language, the original language and subtitles. And we watched a lot of those. I have a huge, huge, huge database of things I've watched that are made in South Korea. And that's just how I was exposed to them, and I've loved them ever since. Wow. Yeah. So how, how do you get pirate DVDs? Well, they would sell them in the street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm familiar yeah. with this. Yeah, they would just sell them in the street. We would just go and buy, and when we'd go to the store, someone would be selling something. Yeah. Yeah. I, w I was in China in 2012 with my sons, and we went into a store. Um, they were looking for video games that they couldn't get in the States. And it was obvious as soon as we walked in that everything in there was pirated and in a knockoff. In some ways impressive, but in some ways kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But back then, for sure, you couldn't get, uh, you, you didn't have access to that kind of content unless it was pirated. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the you, it was the cheap and affordable alternative was just getting the burnt CDs. Interesting. 
What, what other types of media were you exposed to growing up? Uh, so radio, for sure, was a big one. Uh, the CDs, the DVDs of the movies and yeah. the shows. I would say those were the biggest ones. And then just going to the movies once in a while. I would do that, too, with my friends. Is that where you got interested in, in being a film major? No. I <laughs> No, actually, filmmaking was never in my... It was never something that I thought I could do, let alone would do. And then when I went to school in the UK, the uh, International Baccalaureate Diploma Program uh, allowed me to take film as one of my classes. And the teacher I had was amazing. And he really played a big part in getting me to be interested in it because of the way he presented it. And he just made it seem so accessible and something that anyone can do. So... Because I love watching films and stuff, and you know, watching films, and I watch them a lot. It was just, it just made sense to explore that a bit more, and I found myself falling in love with it more and more. I I hope that you will stay in touch with that teacher. I've tried, yeah. Because I just have just recently reconnected with one of my high school teachers, um, who had a big influence on me as well. After thirty eight years. I haven't talked to this person in, in maybe more than 20 years, so I hope you stay in touch with him. I hope so, too, yeah. <laughs> All right, I know you have a couple more years at Quinnipiac, but have you started thinking about what you want to do at Quinnipiac before you graduate? Is there, anyth- is there anything that you've not experienced or, or not tried that you want to do before you leave? I... Definitely want to hopefully start my own podcast whilst I'm here. Hopefully. It's something that I, it's an idea that I've been toying with for a little bit. Um, So just kind of figuring out what that would be about. Um, I have a few ideas, so I've been toying with that a lot. I also want to be more involved in the the, uh, Quinnipiac Productions. Okay. Um, And... And clubs like Q30, uh, I've I've joined it, but I haven't gotten the time to actually go and participate. So I hope to do that too. I I also want to produce a couple of substantial shorts whilst I'm here. Very cool. Yeah, Very that's cool. so far. That's those are the things I've I've been toying with doing here. Give me give me some ideas. Give me some podcast ideas that you've been thinking about. Okay, um, <laughs> so one is just the international student experience and perspective of being at an American college. Um, the other is just, it's about grief. Okay. Yeah, those are the two, the two main ones. Those are good ones. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. You're, you're going to test your knowledge of Quinnipiac. Okay. <laughs> uh, how many? Oh no! How many it's international students one. do we have? What percent of our student body is international? Oh my goodness! I want to say this is a complete. It's a guess, and this is terrible because I'm in the International Student Association. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to be so bad. I want to say something like something like from one to three percent. Five percent. Okay. Five <laughs> percent. 
Um, the biggest country is Canada. Okay. Should be no surprise. Athletes, for sure. Athletes, yeah. Hockey players, lacrosse players. Right. Yeah. Um, but a fair amount from, from Africa. I, I was surprised. I recently saw the list. Okay. We have students from, I think, 40 different countries. Okay. Here. And I was surprised at the, um, at the range of countries, particularly in Africa, because I was just not aware. So there's that. <laughs> I like the one about just international student experiences. Yeah, I think that would be really fun to do. Yeah, I do too. All right, uh, Renette, we're, we're out of time. I got one last question for you. I ask everybody this question at the end. Tell me one thing about you that nobody knows or that very few people know, and then I'll tell you something about me. That no one knows? Besides the fact that you're wearing watermelon earrings right now. <laughs> They're my favorite. I love them. Um, that's a hard one. Okay, how about you go first? Okay. Whilst I'm thinking. Uh, we recently had a dean's retreat where all the deans at the university got together and we had to disclose two things. And then the other deans had to guess who they were. And, and mine, one of mine was... Everything my mother taught me how to do, I do left-handed because she is left-handed. But everything my dad taught me how to do, I do right-handed because he was right-handed. So I eat left-handed, I brush my teeth left-handed, but I throw and bat right-handed. That's not ambidextrous. I'm a horrible writer left-handed. <laughs> so I can't do things, but with both hands equally as well. I do some things left-handed and some things right-handed. Wow. That's interesting. That's so interesting. I don't know how I'm going to match that level. <laughs> I feel like I'm such an open book that any little thing that happens in my life, someone knows about it. <laughs> someone knows about it. Okay, few people know. Okay. Um, one time, I once fell off the back of a truck. Wow. Very few people know. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. How old were you? I was young. I was young. I think I was like 12. Were you hurt? No. So I was just playing about in the truck, and I didn't realize the that. The truck I, was moving? No, thank goodness. Okay. That's probably why I wasn't hurt. But it was a big truck, and I was walking backwards, and I didn't realize that I'd reached the end and I just kept going and I completely did like a backflip, just splat onto the ground. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. All right, Renette, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me again. That was my interview with Renette Chefu, who is a film, television, and media arts major here at the Quinnipiac University School of Communications. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by me, Chris Rausch. I'm the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac. The show is produced, produced by Tino Mayoni, who also does the music. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcasts. Do you have a story to share? Something you want us to talk about? Find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. Until then... Keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening.